Now off to the phones we go to northern Wisconsin, beautiful Hazelhurst, Wisconsin, and the beautiful Senator Tom Tiffany. Good morning, sir. How are you? Rarely described as beautiful, Matt. <laughs> of course, Hazelhurst is, but I don't know about Tom Tiffany. But anyhow, no. hey, great to be here. Um, hope you're having a good morning. I am indeed, and I hope, you know, describing you as beautiful doesn't make it all uncomfortable and there's some sort of, you know, misconduct issue going on. You're just, you're just quite a, you're, you're, you're quite a handsome fellow. There's no doubt about I'm it. I'm sure WISN is monitoring your activities closely. <laughs> and Bob Mueller, buddy, and Bob Mueller. Um, listen, it, it seems like three years ago since the debate over lifting the mining moratorium in the state took place, but it was just a few weeks ago. Uh, it feels that way because so much has happened in this state uh, this year. It has been a busy year for Wisconsin, legislatively speaking, budget-wise, Foxconn, all of that. But we have a bill signing coming up, don't we, soon, that will put this uh, moratorium, lifting of this moratorium in motion, and hopefully opening up mining in Wisconsin someday soon. Yeah, well, it hasn't come out, come out officially. We expect next week that Governor Walker is going to sign the non-ferrous mining bill, Mining for America, as we call it, and uh, we're really looking forward to that. What a great opportunity for Wisconsin, in particular northern Wisconsin. This is an opportunity to bring a multi-billion dollar industry back to Wisconsin, and it will be centered right here in northern Wisconsin. In fact, if people want to know right where this is, get your map out go on Highway 8 from Ladysmith East to Michigan, all along that corridor, 20, 30 miles each side, you have what they call a greenstone belt, and it's one of the most valuable greenstone belts containing gold, copper, silver, zinc, and those minerals that we use in abundance in modern society. And this is a place of opportunity, perhaps, because of this mining legislation a place that, quite frankly, hasn't seen much opportunity in terms of economic growth, opportunity to bring people back home. My understanding is, since this legislation passed, there have been some calls from some young people in particular who uh, got a degree in this area of engineering and what have you, and they wanted to be in their homes, uh, their, their home region of northern Wisconsin. They had to leave because there wasn't opportunity there what are you hearing from uh, from folks about the potential of opening mining in, in Wisconsin and what it may mean to the economy up there? So the phrase has been used frequently during the Foxconn debate, um, let's have a brain gain rather than a brain drain, which is so well known by Wisconsinites. And the same thing applies here. Um, we're going to have a number of uh, college students that are going to join us as well as others uh, that are going to join Governor Walker for the bill signing. And these are young people that are going on to get geologic engineering degrees, um, um, various other types of engineering degrees, mining degrees. And these kids are all from northern Wisconsin. One young man who's going to join us went to just graduate from the Colorado School of Mines, graduated from northern was a school here from northern Wisconsin. It really gives them an opportunity. And I say two things. One, Let's reverse the brain drain, as we've talked about, and have a brain gain in Wisconsin. But second of all, let's knock the rust out of the rust belt, because this really gives us the opportunity to have 21st century manufacturing here in Wisconsin. We have a comparative advantage in northern Wisconsin, and that is we have these very valuable minerals which can create a multi-billion dollar industry for northern Wisconsin. 
Wisconsin. And that directly affects jobs. And many of these young people, Matt, I mean, after a few years out of college, after they get their degrees, they're going to be commanding salaries that are upwards of six figures. Mm-hmm. What if we had them right here in northern Wisconsin doing that work, raising families and all the rest? One other quick data point. My kids' school that they go to up at Lakeland Union High School in Manaqua, they had a student count of 1,000 kids 10 years ago. They're down to 720 now, almost a 30% decrease. And that is consistent across northern Wisconsin. We need to keep our young people here in Wisconsin. No doubt about it. And, again, you said it during the debate that, uh, you know, uh, the folks in northern Wisconsin can rightfully look at what is happening in southeast Wisconsin, in our part of the state, and say, hey, that's great, particularly Foxconn coming in, transformational uh, economy shifting, economy building, bringing advanced manufacturing back to Wisconsin uh, that will bring thousands upon thousands of jobs and, and really be transformational on a on a multi-generation basis all of that is fine because that's going to impact others in wisconsin too but what what about us what about us mining allows the answer to that question in northern wisconsin doesn't it what about us yeah and 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 i think there's really it's important to talk about foxconn in context with this what is one of the primary minerals that is used in creating these flat screen tvs and other things that foxconn is going to produce it's silver, and we have abundant sources of silver here in northern Wisconsin. And we actually enhance the viability of Foxconn for the future if we produce those minerals here because they're a commodity. It's very expensive to move them. If you're, a, a company prefers not to move, to move those minerals only as far as they have to because it is expensive to move we have a better chance of getting that intermediate manufacturing, that step between mining and putting together those components at Foxconn. We have a better chance of getting that manufacturing, creating those components right here in the Great Lakes states if we're producing that ore right here in Wisconsin. Speaking of Foxconn, um, did you see the story uh, today? I believe it was in the Wisconsin State Journal. Yes, it was. Um, the Attorney General concerned about uh, the Foxconn project perhaps being imperiled by this Eau Claire lawsuit on tax increment financing and the concerns therein. Do, do you have any worries about how this lawsuit may play out? And quite frankly, along with mining, I'm sure that we all have come to learn that legislation, reform, especially uh, conservative reform legislation in the state, equals uh, the left immediately filing a lawsuit. So none of this comes as a surprise. Are you at all concerned about the lawsuits uh, that that will be coming from the left on Foxconn and mining? It is pretty amazing to see what lengths the left will go to destroy jobs in this country. But people, I, I know this has happened behind the scenes over the last couple day, decades, but people should not be surprised. The environmental left, in particular, has driven manufacturing out of this country with rules, regulations, and lawsuits. I mean, we have been, uh, I hate to use the victim card, but we have been the victim of the environmental left here in northern Wisconsin. You look at our national force, 
where there was lawsuit after lawsuit from the corporate environmental groups in Madison and Chicago mm-hmm. that shut down logging on the National Forest. Now, this is a National Forest that's meant to be used for those purposes. They virtually shut it down here in northern Wisconsin. Now, we're starting to recover a little bit because the courts have begun to reverse um, the direction they're going in regards to that. But those type of things by the environmental left, they are what has shut down manufacturing or a large part of why manufacturing has been shut down in, uh, in the United States and including the Great Lakes states. We simply have to take them on and we have to win in all venues, whether it's in the legislature or in the courts. Let's shift focus momentarily. I appreciate your time. We're talking with Senator Tom Tiffany, Republican from Hazelhurst, about uh, upcoming uh, signing, the governor signing mining legislation, yet to be announced, but we expect sometime next week. Uh, I want to shift focus because um, I don't know if everybody knows how instrumental you were in John Doe law reform. Uh, In fact, you and... uh, uh, Southeast Wisconsin legislator Dave Craig, who was a representative at that time, worked very hard, did a lot of the heavy lifting on John Doe reform. What do you? I, I can't let you go without your your thoughts about what we learned in the Attorney General's report about how dark and sinister this politically motivated John Doe investigation was. They use the term dark. Um, this has really put a dark stain on good government here in Wisconsin. And it should be sobering for every citizen in this state that just because people participated in the political process, they were uh, people used extra legal means to try to prevent them from doing that. And it is very sobering. Uh, I've been looking at the statements that have been coming out over the last couple days. I'm trying to be measured in how I respond because as you mentioned, then Representative Craig, now Senator Craig, uh, he and I worked on this very closely, and he did outstanding work um, on the John Doe and getting that legislation passed. Um, I am looking at putting out a statement in regards to this. I don't know that the Attorney General does not have uh, the, the ability to prosecute these people that committed these crimes. And I believe they are crimes. And I think it is for some of the people that were involved in, with the GAB and the Milwaukee County DA's office, for them to skate free without real consequences, without being prosecuted, I think may be a miscarriage of justice. Because it is very important. I mean, why do we have a justice system? When somebody does, uh, does something wrong under the law, there shall be consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Have there been any consequences yet, any real consequences, to deter the next political operative that says, uh, or employee of government that says, you know what, they got off with a slap of the wrist. You know, I could probably go do that again, let's say five or ten years from now. There needs to be a deterrent, and that is, I believe, prosecution. So I'm looking very carefully at that, and um, I'm not so sure that the Attorney General does not have the means um, and the ability to make sure that this does not happen again. And prosecution of some of these people may be the best way to do that. I think you raise a very good point. Now, I do understand, based on this investigation, 
And because of the sloppiness, uh, perhaps again by design of the old GAB, in tracking who had access to these documents and the problems with the record keeping, I understand that there is no clear defined link and uh, and so probable cause issues and reasonable doubt comes into mind. It's pretty clear that this came from inside the GAB, and it's pretty clear uh, that this uh, more than likely occurred within a small universe of people. That said, we know these people broke the law in other ways, right? I mean, if you look at this report, you see a guy like Shane Falk and his pals over at the GAB constantly defying a judge's order. We see them perhaps, it looks like this may be the case, uh, lying, perjuring themselves if they signed affidavits saying that they returned all of this evidence. These are clear violations that could be, I would think, prosecutable. Yeah, I, I, think, the, I think the Attorney General was accurate in, in saying that the Supreme Court can have a role in this. Some of the orders they put out were defied, and I, I believe the state Supreme Court should go back and take a look at this case very closely, and I think they have um, very good reasons to consider contempt charges. And, but I also believe that, I mean, so think about what you just said, Matt. You're talking about the sloppiness of the investigation. Mm-hmm. Is that a reason to not prosecute people? I think that enhances the reason because they are, if there's a sloppiness that's going on by these people who, uh, who are charged with the public trust, I think that makes it even more important because it should not be an excuse that I'm simply being sloppy. I know I don't let my kids get away with that excuse with their homework. But you know, there's. I understand. But you know, there's precedence for this. I want you. I want to remind you of last of uh, summer of 2016 in a press conference by James Comey, who said, "What this is gross neglect. You know, this this was negligence at every level, except a criminal level. America has been down this road before. Wisconsin appears to be down this road again." It's just amazing uh, to me. Well, I, I don't know if we want to go to the Mueller investigation <laughs> in this segment here because you got a limited amount of time. We we, we do. We'll have to we'll as we'll I have to stop there. But there definitely are parallels. Yes. As I look at this case, it is eerie the parallels between the John Doe and the Mueller investigation. I couldn't agree more. A very eerie, scary, and all of this is quite uh, has been quite chilling. We knew how chilling it was. The First Amendment issues. It's chilling in general that a government could be this dark and sinister. Thanks so much for your time on all of these issues. We'll look forward to that signing coming up and hopefully mining someday soon in northern Wisconsin. Take care, sir. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. Have a wonderful weekend. You do the same. That is Senator Tom Tiffany, Republican Hazelhurst.